I think I, th I think it's safe to say it's been the best first three months of video games, maybe in my lifetime. And I'm worried that mm. we're gonna pay for it somehow, karmically <laughs> speaking. And I don't know if that means just like October, November, December, all the big releases are gonna be absolute <gasps> dog shit. Or wait, 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 um, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But do you believe that the way karma works? Yes. Is that if something nice happens to you? You have to be punished for it. I think it does work that way as well. Like no, it's, it's the opposite. Not... No, no, no. Listen, no. I've been, I've, been a, I've striven to be a good boy my whole life, and so as a good boy, I got Breath of the Wild. But there's lots of very bad boys that also played Breath of the Wild. You know what I mean? And so maybe that means that um, oh. what so like, whatever the fuck Call, Call of Duty sure. twenty or whatever is going to be really bad. So it'll hurt it. you most of all. It'll hurt me yeah. most of all because I gotta get in there with my fucking my fucking bong buddies. Squat up, <laughs> squat up with my bong buddies and Headshot. shoot all the guys in the prestige eyes. the hell out of that game. Prestige yeah. making a case for better people in this world would mean just more better games. That's mm. all I'm saying. Just like get together. This is my whole thing as a gamer. Mm. Is like if we get yeah. together and we do it better, the games will get better, and that's just it. Yeah, that's just it. If you complain, <laughs> if you complain about games not being as good as when you were younger, you have to take a lo a long look in the mirror and say, "Am I as good a Am person?" I as good? Probably because not. If I was better collectively, we would all be getting better video games. Games That's used karma. to be games used to be so much better on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, probably. How what what's your fucking story? How cool have you been since middle school? Probably not. I bet. Bet you've taken some dark twists and turns. I'm just saying, look inside. Look, look inside. inside. That's Especially the... if you found yourself on the internet saying those words. Yeah. Look inside. Make that change. Make that change. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the month. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I actually do know the best game of the month. That's not a joke. My name is Chris Plant, and I think we all know the best game of the month already. <laughs> My <laughs> name is Russ Farshick, and it's probably Zelda. Wow, spoilers. You didn't wow. even let Justin finish the intro before you spoiled it for everybody. finish the intro. <laughs> Folks, video games have come a, a long way since Pac-Man, and we're here to... Check all of that out. Mm -hmm. uh, you remember, yeah, back in my day, we played a game called Legend of Zelda, Valerie. Do you remember this one? A little mm -hmm. uh, squirt running around outside in a forest. That was He's a video fun. game he in my right. day. He uh, got, he would get sick and he would eat fairies to get better. And he had a red, <laughs> he had a red drink that got him all his hearts back. I loved it, Valerie. Loved this, this game. This old man gave him a sword, which seems a little reckless. He would He's find these magic, kid. he'd find these magic triangles and eat them for strength. So I love it. Uh, it was inspired by Shigeru Miyamoto's childhood spent exploring caves by his own. This guy's, really, this guy's really in the know, this fictional character. Wow. I'm a super plugged in or talking, Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best season. We know what the best game is going to be this month already. But we're going to go through the whole thing. We're going to do the whole stupid stupid thing we'll do that one last uh-huh yeah, i think um, i think let's let's spend idea. like the first half of this show doing the other three and then the, the back half 
talking about Zelda it's, it's because I think we can go real long on that. that makes sense. Um, before we get to that, any honorable mentions? Anybody played some stuff that we're not talking I mean, about? <laughs> it's almost like we're talking about honorable mentions for the first half of the show, so I don't necessarily know. Well, I mean, there's good games. I mean, is this the part where we talk about Mass Effect? Did anybody, uh, did anybody no. give that one a, give that one a spin? I mean, I played it. I don't think it deserves an honorable mention. Uh, let me let's spend two minutes talking about Mass Effect. Why is it such okay. a failure, Russ? Uh, look, I'm going to be straight <laughs> with you. I played for two hours, so I am by no means an expert. But I honestly believe if you play a game for two hours and you're mis- you're having no no fun with it, like it, I do not owe this game eight or ten hours to get into the groove. I'm sorry. It's um, it just I I was playing on a PS4 and it was running at like 15 frames a second, <laughs> and that that is inexcusable. I'm sorry. Like, there's no justification for that whatsoever. I I um, I'm I'm on board with with. I'm on board with you. I'm certainly at a point now where like my, my gaming time is just like non-existent. I get it. I have to, if I want to play uh, persona, I have to like stay up after my family has gone to sleep and like play it until I get too tired to be awake anymore. And that's like the only free kind of gaming hours I have. So I certainly don't have time to dedicate to playing a game that I'm not enjoying, especially one that this is not one like, um, you know, Final Fantasy 13 or whatever. That's like after 20 hours, it gets good. I have not heard anything to that. If I mean, Arthur kind of half said that, but even Arthur was like, like, you really probably don't agree with me. We haven't answered Justin's, we haven't answered Justin's question. I, I've been playing it on PC, which like doesn't have those frame rate issues, but it, it's, it's, it's such a disappointment for me. Like there's some, there's some good like performances in there, but they are performing some really bad writing like really really not not good very ham-fisted writing and everyone looks like mutants even the the people that are not meant to look like mutants and that's been like i think there's a lot of folks who just kind of think that's like a meme or whatever it has it, it i can't fucking i can't fucking like get into the game because it's it's astonishing how bad everybody looks it's really hard to like yes my favorite theory about why they look the way they look and this is coming this is wrong this is coming from a a child's perspective on how games get made but when the when the characters kiss it looks really good and so i think maybe they developed a good kissing technology and then tried to walk it backwards and that's why it looks like whenever anybody's trying to say a sentence like oh no my father when like their mouth is moving in a way that like a kiss is happening with an invisible ghost um but like i don't know it's just like within the first 30 minutes like you're this this pioneer hero of legend and everybody calls you by your title and you're putting together a team and like it feels like the most bioware ass like carbon copy like shit ever and i just man yeah. i i didn't I mean, enjoy it th- i didn't enjoy yeah, a I, second of the time that i spent with it i was yeah, the weird was thing i think bioware does really well at small stories and they never lean into that, except so. So the only game that I think really best exemplifies this, there have been others, but I think Mass Effect Two is a game I played a ton. And the best stories in Mass Effect Two were the side stories where you go off and you have a little moment with one other character, and it's like interesting and like you learn backstory and you care about them. Um, I but, mean, I liked the Old Republic games; those are still my sure. favorite. I think games that Bioware has made. The uh, Old Republic 15. MMO. 10 years yeah i know the the old republic mmo is also really good about this because and and that was by virtue of the fact that it was an mmo so you aren't the one pathfinder hero of legend put together um and so like i don't know i feel like it benefited like that but i got it just like 
It just, I don't, uh, it's, it's not just a good. mess. And it's sad it's a mess. because I wish that game was going to be good because I really do like the Mass Effect games overall. But man, woof. Um, woof buggers. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? It's not going to pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you you're gonna pay hundreds of dollars for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan or you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I want to take a moment to talk about... um, one two switch because no. okay <laughs> really yeah wow really okay um i've Let's been traveling it. a lot lately and it is a very cool it's i i i want to celebrate one two switch more as like a proof of concept but it's a very cool idea that you can have a sort of like portable little party game that you could just pop out of your bag and play like we were kind of stuck in a hotel room um, a couple of times before our Portland show and we decided to uh, bust out one, two switch. And it was a very fun way to kill 20 minutes without having to like set up a TV yeah, and, sure. and all that garbage. And like a lot of the games are not great in one, two switch, but a lot of them are pretty fun. Like we had a good time with it and it killed 20 minutes. And it's like, I feel like for the kind of, the portable application of that that's really all it needs to do and there are many better applications right. of it but I'm, I, conceptually I got it's a very it feels very um different the ability to like have that experience on the go in yeah. your bag that you just pop it out and play it i got a lot more excited for like other multiplayer games that are going to come out like i i agree with what you said that like as a proof of concept it's pretty sick like when uh jackbox the jackbox party pack has come into switch like that'll be fucking great totally get, um, get joust get, uh, get joust up in there get joust up on there we, we get like have... overcooked and all those yeah, overcooked all those jams gonna be amazing i think we already have what what made one to switch so starkly bad for me is that we already have exactly what you're talking about which is a fantastic local party game it's going to be one of the games as that we bring as an actual entry so like it's what you, it's what weird you, to me that i'd ever be in a scenario where i like know that we have this other game that i know is like you can just say its name it's snipper clips yeah sure. snipper clips the, the other good light switch game better <laughs> yeah um yeah. uh but, one, two, one, two switch, one two switch one, has a wizard yeah <laughs> one two switch should have been a pack-in game and like agree i don't, don't want to get i don't want to get mired in like a conversation about like what things should cost but like this is this it is not 
historically speaking, other even other Nintendo consoles have been packed with way, 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 way better like proof of concept games like this that were what like light years better like uh, well, Wii Sports I think you can make, and you can Nintendo make the Land. Argument, you can make the argument. I think that I I had the same initial thought, but then after spending a lot of time with One Two Switch, my current thought is. Um, well, maybe they didn't necessarily want everybody yeah, sure. to check yeah. this one out. <laughs> maybe they didn't. Maybe this isn't the best show pony for uh, for uh, the one the old Switch because um, it definitely feels that way. It's yeah. like we all I have mean, that sense. Like uh, this kind. Of, now that does not explain why it's not twenty dollars in that well, case. Well, and also I would say like they made it the very first game during their Switch presentation. Like it was the first thing they showed at that like big reveal. That was um, they thought bad. this was gonna be. Wii Sports 2, and if they didn't, it wouldn't have well, been... Well, Wii Sports 3. Wii Sports 3, yeah. Um, I I want to give a shout-out to Robo Recall. It's just a really, really, really fucking good shooter on Oculus Rift. Is that Rift. out? Like, final version is out? Yeah, it's out, and it's free if you own an Oculus. Cool. And it is, like, it's good as hell. It's just, like, a really stylish shooter um, where you uh, kind of use the stick to teleport around different spots, but there's not, like, set spots you teleport to. So you're just, like, on a city street, and there's rampaging robots all over, and you have two holsters at your side, and you can customize, like, what guns you keep in there, and you can upgrade the guns and change them around. Uh, and then you have two guns on uh, back holsters, so you have to, like, reach up over your shoulder and grab these, like, shotguns from out behind your back. Um, and blast your way through these these waves of robots as you look around this city. And there's like special challenges where like um, a portal will appear and you have to shoot robots into the portal. But the great thing about the game is you um, don't have to use the guns. You can like grab a robot with one arm, like grab them by the chest and then grab their arm with another uh, with with one of your other hands, it uses the the touch controllers, and you like rip their arm off, and then you can beat them apart with their arm, and then throw it at somebody else, um, and like grab yeah, their gun out of the air. It feels amazing. It feels like fucking it, great. And you can do parts yeah. like if there's like drones flying around, you can grab like you can tear their gun like arm off, and then use that as like a weapon against other things. You can um like grab an enemy like as somebody's shooting at you and block the bullet like with them and kill them like that there, there's tons and tons and tons it's it's kind of um super hot like in that like it's very tactile and everything feels like great and if you can think of something like it probably works um it, it's it's one of my favorite um rift games all right now it is so fucking slick Did anybody yeah play i think it's john more wick silly thing on vive? sorry did anybody yeah. play the john wick thing on vive I have not yet. No, no I don't. I, I, I heard it was not good. Oh. Yeah, I kind of packed up my Vive. I, I really only have room for one virtual reality experience <laughs> in my office, and um, the Rift had super hot, so nims the brakes. And you can also, can't you, like, hack the uh, Oculus to, like, play Vive games still? Uh, yes, you can. So. I, I haven't, but you can do that. Yeah. I, the, other, the other thing works, too, by the buyer. Um, any other honorable mentions? We should mention Nier. You still have to buy him. I'm not a pirate. Nier, oh yeah. Yeah, Nier is the game I wish I had more time with, and also I think, like, the ultimate example of something we talked about, I think, last month, about, uh, Japanese developers, uh, all these, like, wild ideas that I think people were sour on, finally clicking. Like, every, every Nier review I read was like, it takes a, a while to get into it, but it's great. And there, you have to play it like five times. And each time is great. There are invisible walls everywhere. They're great invisible walls. Like <laughs> it's, it's all these things that people I, I thought hated, but uh, in in the world of this game, 
they seem to really dig. And, and I've played a bit of it. I wish I'd played more, but I've been busy with a game that we'll be talking about next month. But can we not talk I about that? It, I loved. We can, we can yeah. talk about that game, right? We can talk about the first, like, I, I don't know, the first dungeon. It's, perso- it's persona, persona stuff. Yeah, we're going to talk about Persona yeah. 5 a lot next yeah. month. Um, I, um, wait, before we move on, I want to mention something about Nier. Um, and apparently, I heard that there's a Justin McElroy Easter yeah. egg in Nier. Oh, man. There is, Just, technically speaking, from what I Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to clear, um, clear the air, squash the beef? Uh, one time I took an Omega dump on Nier and it was well deserved. Yeah. Um, the original Nier. We're, we're laughing. Spicing. The, <laughs> we're having a laugh I used here. To call but them. You guys remember what I used to say? Welcome to another Justin McElroy spicy Omega dump. Yeah, yeah I remember um, those. We're, we're having fun. It. We're having fun here, but Justin's got, I would say, a fair amount of shit from uh, internet communities online Uh because of this thing he did to near they had a garbage mini game and i said as much and it ruined the game for me because it was so fucking bad and i was right and anyone who says differently is wrong moving on um it was a fishing mini game that sucked the moon right out of the fucking sky and i made a video about how bad it sucked and it was right and true and as an acknowledgement of how right and true it was the um in near there's fishing again it doesn't seem to have much near point. Uh, near automata we've not said the full near automata 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 sure. automata automata <laughs> uh in near automata uh there's a fishing thing that doesn't seem to do much good but if you catch a mackerel and you eat it it's like boots you back to the main screen like kill you or kicks you back to the main screen or something because mackerel sounds like mackerel um, which is also true and good. And I think everybody's right. Like I was right to take a huge dump on Nears fishing because it was so <laughs> garbage. And they were right to dump, redump back on me with the pretty good pun that McElroy does sound like mackerel <laughs> in a very true way. And the it's fact they were able shit. to tie that back into fishing, I think is very good and funny. Um, but yeah, I guess that's in. <laughs> I really want to mirror automata. I really want to play it. It looks like my shit exactly. I just literally did not have a free. Um, I, my backlog is like I, my, my I backlog is before dope you, as hell. Before we move on, I have to put like a a PS on that. Uh. That is going completely by hear, 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 hearsay yeah. from other people. Like I, it may be a coincidence, and I, which would be probably the most, if I didn't allow for that 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 bit of sunlight there, and it would be the most embarrassing thing if like this game's talking about me, and, and it's definitely <laughs> not. So I just want to allow for that. Like that may be the case. It may just be random. I don't know. But seems it seems intentional, which I think is hysterical. Um, yeah, no, it's a real thing. I'm looking at a video now. There's an NPC, and the NPC is named Jackass, and says, "So there's this thing called a mackerel, and apparently eating it has a horrible effect on androids." Uh, I'd love to see what it does. So go ahead and chow down, and then he gives you a mackerel, and then I'm looking at this video, and you eat it, and instantly, yeah, it drops you right back to the. Having consumed the mackerel, it didn't take long for the android's bodily fluids to congeal. Muscle rigidity and paralysis soon followed. Uh, so, it, was, it was good, though, the android thought as consciousness faded. Exquisite, even. No wonder humans used to eat them. And then that's, it shows you the credits really fast. It shows you the whole game's credits in like a second. It, I, I mean, it. I will say that the, the waters are fairly muddy on this particular joke. Like, I, yeah. I don't think, but, uh, but I mean, I don't know. I think it's funny um, either way. That's fucking really good stuff. Um, I really want to play Nier Automata. I really want to play more Neo. 
there's like there's like five games that I just didn't have time to. I want to play all the Resident Evil Seven DLC. Like, I'm playing oh. really really good games, but I'm playing half of the really good games that I want to play, and I don't know when I'm gonna have time to check all the of the of my July. Yeah, I guess so. I, I'm gonna name. I'm just gonna name one other game really, really quick. That fast RMX on oh, Switch. Yeah. It's like the cheapest game on Switch. It's 19.99, and it is really, really, really good. You like um, it? I really, really like it. The hook is like it's a wipeout style racing game, but the boost. Uh, there's boost boards all over uh, the tracks, and they're different colors, and you have to switch to match the colors to be able to use the boost. But you have to switch. Um, you have to switch. Now, see, see, switch. Um, I but, don't. I don't understand. Like it sounds like wipeout. To be honest. Listen. Just, it, I'm recommending. It's fine if it's wipeout. I just want to establish. It's wipeout. Okay. But it's it's good. Okay. It's really is there good. split screen in that? Um, I believe there is, and there's definitely local multiplayer. Without Wi-Fi, uh, which I because I'm curious because I have I've yet to see a split screen Switch game, and split I'm really Switch. curious split Switch, and I'm really curious whether on that tiny tiny screen you could actually have a playable experience in a split screen environment. Probably not. Maybe. No, You'd have probably to not. really be cozy. All right, who wants to start? I'll, I'll start. start. No, no, oh yeah, my go god, ahead. go for it, plant. Okay. Uh, so the game that I am bringing is. I, I don't know if small is the right word, but it's like a small word puzzle game for mobile called uh, Type Shift. And I have a feeling that you have played this game, Frostic. Am I correct? I have played this game. Um, so the way it works, it is by Zach Age, who has done a number of games that I think have appeared in old besties, like Spell Tower. Um, Ridiculous oh, Fishing yeah. probably did. Ridiculous Fishing. Bad he... Chess we didn't do, but... Bad chess would have probably if we were really bad chess. I think, really we, I think we actually chess. talked about really bad chess in Briefly. a previous besties this this year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but type shift. The way it works is you have uh, a se- row of columns. Uh, that sounds weird, but each one is like uh, say one column is four letters uh, a-, a through Z. Uh, another one with five letters. Another one with three. Another one with however many, and you. There's a central line, and you oh try to line up these columns to make a word. It's really hard to describe this. I've, I've played this game, and, and that, I mean, I don't know that I could do better, but that is, like, an impossible way to yeah, I don't, I can't visualize it. Wait, wait, I, I can describe how, to, how, how, you, how it works. You know when you get the, like, uh, the lock on a briefcase, how you have to align up the numbers? Yeah, or, like, make... in Price is Right with the big wheel. No, no, that doesn't help anyone. So, like, the numbers <laughs> on the briefcase, imagine that with uh, letters for each kind of thing that you adjust. So you're lining up words. Right. And there are two ways you can play it. One is just to find a series you of words. for the dollar, or you could just try to Oh, my gosh, go you're killing score. me. So you can line up and find uh, as many words as possible with each set of tiles. Or there's another one where, kind of crossword-esque, it gives you a clue, like, knock, knock. And then you would find the word jokes by lining up your tiles. Okay. Um, and it's really simple. That is not what I find like the most interesting thing about the game. The game is very fun. It's like a good way to uh, just poke at your phone in the past five minutes. But the really interesting thing is as you're like finding these words, you kind of surprise yourself and what you discover to actually be a word. And then at the end of each round, it shows you all the words that you found and you click one 
it takes you to Merriam-Webster's website and shows you the definition of the word that you found. And this is why it's just kind of brilliant in terms of uh, marketing or business is the project was actually done in collaboration with Merriam-Webster. Oh, shit. Uh, So they designed basically an addictive bubble wrappy thing that is like a fine, fine game that teaches you words and sends, I imagine, gobs of web traffic to their dictionary. Uh, that's, that's like insidious. I, that's like more clever than I want dictionaries to be. There, yeah. I mean, I it mean, doesn't. It doesn't force you to go to their website. No, it's just it. It you it it uses the curiosity gap to get you to do it, and and which is like what makes it good also for learning because you're doing it voluntarily. Uh, I I I think it's so smart. I and I I've definitely enjoyed much of my time uh, trying to discover new random words. And then going and looking up whatever these things can be. I, I, yeah. I enjoy it as a learning tool almost more than I enjoy it as a game. So uh, here's what I'm going to say. Like, that's, yeah, I've done that too, where I like look up, I don't know what this word means and stuff like that. And you get a little kick out of that. We're, uh, the reason I think this game is so special for me is, so there's, as Plant kind of described, there's two modes. There's the mode that's like anagrams, essentially, where you're moving the letters around and making as many words as you can out of this combination of letters. And then there's um, clue mode, it's called, which is essentially kind of a twist on a crossword puzzle. That's what I where, just said, you fool. I, I understand you just said it, but I think you poorly described it. Oh, to be my honest. God. Get him, get him, drag him, drag him. You also refer to yeah. it as anagrams. Love this old like nasty besties, nasty anyway, besties. <sighs> clue mode is what I want to talk about for a second. What makes this interesting, and it does sort of apply to anagrams, but I think it's more applicable to clue mode, mm-hmm. is because... The, it will remove letters that are fully used within a single crossword. So, for example, if you know for, from, oh, like for the remaining clues, there's no R's at the beginning of the word. Um, it'll just get rid of that R, and there won't be an R anymore. So then you know, oh, all the rest of the words are only these possible three letters, for example. And by using that, you can, like put, you can use kind of like interesting word-building techniques like all right, I know the second to last letter is a Y for sure. I don't know what the uh, last letter is, but how many let, you know, letters could possibly follow a Y, for example. And uh, some of this obviously is used in normal crossword puzzles, this sort of strategy. But because it is literally telling you there are definitely no R's left, it removes that kind of X factor of like, do I have this wrong or do I have this right? And it makes the clue puzzles feel like this really cool progression where you build momentum as you're solving stuff faster and faster as you remove all the variables. I'm playing it right now, and it's, it's really good. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, and I, I really mean, dig to, it. To build off of your thing with the crossword, what I think is really fascinating about it is uh, in, like, tech and boring startup things, people talk all the time about, hey, how do we take this idea that existed on this one form, so, like, crosswords or pen and paper, it. right? Disrupt. How do we make it? How do we make it mobile? And the idea is usually like, well, it's the same thing. It just has a touch interface. And I think what's fascinating about this is it does a lot of the same things with your brain as the crossword. It has a general, generally similar idea, but it feels like it could only exist on your phone. Yeah, yeah. and it's also, I think, probably the only iteration of a quasi-crossword-like game that you can play with one hand, uh, which I know Griffin prioritizes with baby dealings. It's true. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's terrific. 
uh i've been playing it um a ton as my fire emblem stamina recharges i play that <laughs> um zach gage's hit rate is also wild it's insane like, yeah that cat has made has made so many like excellent excellent games that i just like yeah. adore it's wild. Yeah, i think he yeah, I was going to say, I think he has the luxury of of the fact that one of his earlier games, Spell Tower, was so successful that he can be really careful with what he does. So, like, someone that needs to, you know, oh, I need to make rent this month might need to put a game out. But I think he can be really patient and prototype and try a bunch of different things. I actually remember seeing a prototype of this game like a year and a half or two years ago and so it was like, garbage yeah. you think and, is what you're saying <laughs> right no and he, so he can take his time and i think that makes a big difference I, yeah i think i think the other thing with zach is he he started out as an artist and he is that rare person you meet who is brilliant as an artist but i think kind of enjoys the idea of selling his things and like took on word puzzle games because they are mainstream and popular culture. And the, I think he's fascinated with the idea of, hey, this is a thing that traditionally would not be seen as a work of art or especially creative. How can I make it that? And I, I, I think that's admirable because I, I, there's, especially right now, there's kind of this weird, like, AAA and uh, indie are separated vibe. Uh, that it's nice to see somebody, I think, that kind of splits the difference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's move on to the next okay. one. Yes. I'll, I'll go. My game is called Everything. Um, it's a game made by a gentleman named David O'Reilly. Um, you might know his work from a game called Mountain, where you there was like a mountain and it spun around and you had could like do things to the mountain. I did, uh, not, this- I did not care for Mountain. I know a lot of people <laughs> were into Mountain, but I got it. And I was like, I don't get you, Mountain. I don't. So I was kind of expecting the same thing with everything, which is to say, like, we see a lot of artsy games and they're like, eh, you know, I get the idea. It's interesting. <laughs> Can you use maybe a narrower brush there, pal? All these fucking no, artsy all, games all with I all the art like in the them. Art. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. That's like funny. A, something that wouldn't, like a doesn't painting. necessarily engage. That's poignant as shit. Fuck yeah. I'm bored, though. <laughs> how much three dollars what the fuck if you're gonna make a game like that i think it should engage emotionally and a lot of these games don't land for me uh they end up being like a lot of pretty colors and that's about it um everything i was fully expecting to be that case which is like here's the premise you can play as everything from an oxygen molecule to a galaxy to a llama to a landmass you can be everything and that sounds very ambitious and not necessarily super fun or interesting it's just like kind of an interesting experiment like a something molyneux might say in an interview and you'd be like yeah molyneux you're a jerk and then it would never come about (laughs) shut up jerk shut up jerk but there's something that clicks with this game um and i i'm not 100 percent sure what it is but i think what it is so that the I think what the game is trying to impart, and it does this pretty directly by having quotes from this philosopher named Alan Watts, um, talking about the scale of the universe and how the universe is kind of like unfathomably large to the point where you don't really know, like, like the size of a speck of dirt versus the size of a galaxy. Like, it's hard to sort of wrap your head around that. And this game really perfectly kind of encapsulates that 
concept um, in an interactive way, which is really impressive. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I after I played it for like two hours, just like playing, like hands on playing it, and I was like, wow, this is like kind of clicking with me, and I get why it was made and why it's interesting. And then we did an experiment at work because I found out after I completed what's known as the tutorial, but it really like takes you from you know the building blocks of life to the end of the universe essentially and then once you get there it says the tutorial completed and it's very funny but once you beat that it unlocks this autoplay mode um where you can basically customize all of the settings in the game okay i was wondering what that what that stream we did was all about yeah yeah so basically you can customize all the settings so that the game plays itself but you can decide like okay i want to be able to like the ai will like change characters every three seconds or change um this feature or change uh you know be able to scale in size as big as you want or as small as you want and it kind of just goes to the point where we left the game running for 24 hours um and you can see there's a four hour stream on our facebook if you want to watch it it is surprisingly interesting to the point where for those four hours where we weren't we were not touching the game at all i think we were around like a thousand concurrent viewers for most of those four hours um just because it is fascinating like it's jumping from suddenly you're like a crayfish but you're the size of a galaxy and like a, a star system like flows into you and then you jump through time and space and it just like it feels like you're walking watching like a really bizarre documentary or like a philip glass movie where uh, you don't you don't know exactly what's going on but it is super like visually engaging um, the way they animate mammals walking around is they like turn like um, I guess like dice. They turn like, like ninety degrees, yeah, at a time and like kind of roll, yeah. And you can there's a setting that like allows certain animals to like group up. So at one point during the stream, it was like herds of llama, like thirty or sixty llama, spinning through like a desert and then doing like a big dance together, and. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to like really sell it, but um, it. I honestly considered like the next time I have a party at my house, just I would probably on. just put that on on the Did TV and, pa and then passing out the L yeah, passing out the LSD and just like just look at the screen, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like super engaging and, and really cool right in this bowl. Me. Yeah, I, um, I I thought going off your Peter Molyneux thing. I think what I really dig about this game and uh his work in general is it reminds me more of and this is not meant as an insult to the game or his work but peter maladieu that whole yes scene of uh coming up with a single tweet that is a game design like riffing on the absurdity of maladieu's overpromising. and what what works so well here is it feels so precise and concise it it's like there was like one idea which it was a very big idea, but he went out and created that thing. Like, I mean, yeah, he game, lands, it lands really well. Yeah. It is everything. And um, how do I do that? Uh, I'm going to, I'm sorry. Should we, can we, do you guys mind if we move on to yeah. no, the no, next one? Whatever's next. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about my game, which is Snipper Clips. It's the other good Switch game. When you finish Zelda, you play Snipper Clips, and that is a Switch. 
When you own a Switch, you do Zelda until the Zelda runs out, and then you do snipper clips. Or sometimes you do them side by side. It's up to you. A lot of people are saying Blaster Master, and okay, but snipper clips is the second. Blaster line. Master is good, and and Binding of Isaac's good. Uh, but you're right, snipper clips. Is... I've bought Binding of Isaac on like 18 different things at yeah. this point. Um, snipper clips is a game. It is meant to be played with two people. You can play it with one person. Don't do that. Oh my god. You can play with four people. Don't do that either. Just two people. You and a loved one. Um, I I had been looking forward to this game for a long time because I watched a. Um, I watched a treehouse presentation where some people played it and it looked fucking hysterical and, uh, it was. And so I was looking forward to it. I made sure I was like, before I even played Zelda, well, uh, when I brought my switch home, like I got this one and I got, uh, what else I get? Shovel Knight treasure chest, which is good. I hadn't played the extra Shovel Knight shit and it's pretty, pretty sick. Um, in it, uh, you and a co-op partner play as these little, uh, paper characters who are, what's the best way to describe their shape? They're sort of, they are used without the gap in the, the middle missing gap. yeah they're like an oval with a flat top right um and the controls for the game are you can run around you can jump you can squat and you can sort of raise you stand on your tippy toes um yep. and the other thing you can do is press a button and you will cut out whatever you are overlapping on your partner so um it, this is another god this is like us trying to describe abstract like <laughs> geographical or geometrical concepts um over an audio medium it's not great but just imagine that like you sort of run your round end of your u shape like right into the middle of of the other player okay, and you press the and there. you press the snip button <laughs> family show buy me dinner uh <laughs> if you yeah uh if you do that and then you press the snip button then you will like cut whatever part of yourself that is overlapping with them. So you could have them like lowered down and you just put like your whole body over them and snip and you can cut them very, very short or you can cut them into narrow strips. Uh, and a lot of the game is based around like figuring out how to cut them into the right shape. There's a lot of stuff that a lot of puzzles that are just like fill this shape with your bodies. And so you have to figure out like, okay, well there's just a circle in this. How do we cut a perfect circle using our our two bodies how do we like do i have to cut something into you and then we use that negative space to cut the other shape into me and um but the best puzzles in the game are um like physical um so there's one where you have to like figure out how to jump in this body of water and scoop up this uh the right fish and then drop it into a basket that the other person's trying to hold open or trying to figure out how to catch a bowling ball as it falls through the ceiling um and then use your whatever shape you have cut into you to like bring it to a basketball hoop and get it in the hoop um or one where there's slime coming down from the ceiling and there's like this little mouse trying to run from one side of the screen to the other but it'll turn around if it gets slime on it so you have to figure out a way to like capture all this slime um or one where you have to like cut a hook into yourself and then jump up like into the sky oh and you can stand on your partner's head as long as they have like a head like a flat end to stand on um so like you get to you have to be cut into a hook and then stand on your partner's head and then both of you jump up in the air to try and hook this balloon and pull it down while your partner who you've cut into a sharp shape can like pop it like it's so it's 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 hysterical trying to communicate your geometric desires to the other person um yeah it's very it's it, it does require like a lot of vocal interaction with the other person 
because the there's a lot of that, there's a lot of puzzles where like well, one more example there's one where you guys have to pull both both of you have to pull a cactus up out of the ground and it's a cactus with just like spikes at random intervals and so you have to build a shape that can kind of hook onto those spikes and hold the shape up but if at any point one of you isn't holding the spike the cactus will fall all the way back down into the ground so you have to like pull it up and up and up and up and a lot of those puzzles are built around that conceit where if you fuck up for a second you restart completely and like rachel and i played uh, through snipper clips and like we had so many of those instances where like just one of us would fuck up and we'd lose all of this progress we'd put into this puzzle and it was like really fucking funny every time like oh what a what a disaster it it basically is the closest experience i don't know if you guys ever did like trust fall or training exercises where like you have to like lift someone through the spider web of ropes and you yes, can only yeah. go through so many times or like that sort of like physics-based puzzle that happens in the real world where you're like trust fall type things. And that feels the same here where you you really have to like plan out what you're doing, but invariably there's one person like fucking around and like yeah. taking chunks out of you. Right. Um, um, which was usually my wife. And but like right. as in in terms of like having a game that you have with you at all times comes with two controllers because there's two controllers on the switch yeah and you can just like use that kickstand and just like put it on a table in an airport it's perfect it's perfect i don't i don't want to go too long talking about it because frankly i want to talk about the other stuff we have to talk about but like it's a great game my only disappointment i think rachel and i beat it over like two or three relatively short session there's sessions there's like only really three batches of levels um and i think I get... there are more levels for four players as well for what okay it's well I, I i don't know how much more they could like squeeze out of this idea but i think that they could have gotten just a little bit more like when it ended i was like oh really that's it um and really the only reason i felt that way is because i enjoyed my time with it so very very much so if you have a switch and somebody else to play it with again you can play it by yourself and the way you do that don't. is you like press a button to switch bodies and like it's not fucking fun no. at all um but as a co-op game it's like really cute and funny and good and you'll like it totally nice y'all you already know how much i love our sponsor of the week rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need keep the ones you want get rid of the rest Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties that's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties this episode of the besties is sponsored by aura frames all right so 
you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old, and they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. I know I said um, I wanted to talk about Destiny 2 during the break, but... But you don't? I just don't know if I want to... I don't even know. I don't know... They announced Destiny 2 today. Did y'all see? Yes. No. I mean, I think it's funny, speaking as someone who's a fan of Destiny, I think it's funny all the time they spend on that logo, which is like, hey, it's the old logo, but there's well, a giant two behind it. two behind it. <laughs> what is the, why don't you all, since I haven't heard it, why don't you all just give me the... That's it. That's it. They I just tweeted this picture. Know. Yeah. Um, I got, yeah. I got super... Um, got scooped, huh? So I saw that. That ad somebody leaked. I guess they got scooped. Yeah, there was a yeah, GameStop got scooped real bad. thing. I got really like hyphy on Twitter, and I got I I made a mistake, which was stating a video game opinion while it was still breaking news on Twitter. Which like, if I ever do that again, like Justin, I just need to send you my Twitter password, and then you yeah, just maybe take my account away from me for a little while because like now just all day I've been dealing with folks. But like, I saw so many so many like uh so many like games people, a lot of critics, a lot of like developers who like were reacting to this announcement and like the basis of their goof was like destiny lol uh as as if to say like i think there's a lot of people who think of destiny as just like a joke because it was this big like uber hyped up game that didn't really deliver when it first came out and i i don't know it kind of bums me out that that is what like that that is the that's your that's your thinking on destiny. Like that's your hot take on destiny is like, what a, what a joke when, but that's, I uh, mean, I speak again, speaking as someone who's a fan of this game, I've played a ton of it. I fully understand why that is the like general takeaway about destiny, because generally you only get one shot to get an audience. And the vast majority of people who heard about destiny initially, when it first launched, heard about how it was kind of, not great. Yeah. And I would agree with that. It was not very good at launch. And you we can and, you can go listen to another Besties episode where Russ is trying right. to defend it as his game of the year as as we all um tear him Mock tear me. him down. <laughs> um but I fucking I really liked what Destiny turned into, um partially well, mostly because of like them listening to feedback. Like I don't want to fucking fly around the moon. I don't want ninety percent of my time at the game be me flying around the moon looking for helium filaments. Like yeah. um 
And I think Destiny turned into like this really interesting, very, very good game. And I, I, I don't know, it just like bummed me out that uh, I just saw a lot of folks who were just like, Destiny 2, huh? What a joke. And it's like, well, no, that game did get really very, very, very good. And I also saw a lot of people, and this is a fair criticism of like, I don't want to spend a bunch of money on expansion packs to like for a game to get good. And I, I, I totally feel that. I don't want to get into like a cost benefit analysis of of destiny or whatever but i i also think that that is a i wonder if they will go a subscription-based model and i know they won't but i really think it would help like fix a lot of their problems because like i didn't think there was any problem with spending 40 bucks every year for this huge chunk of new content that i would play for 200 hours instead of paying like 15 bucks a month to for for a similarly updated experience yeah, like, I, I I think what's a little bit of a bummer, but it's just, again, the nature of humanity and especially the games community. If Destiny 2 comes out and gets like nines and tens and great reviews and everyone loves it, there will still be this. Uh, to the same extent, fair. like last year's um, Call of Duty game was pretty damn good, but I think people decided very early on that they hated space yeah. and they hated a lot of things and they and they made a judgment for themselves and that judgment gets locked in and defines who you are and what your tastes are and stuff like that so when they hear someone saying hey this is good it runs against what they're what they believe in and I, and that's why they react I, so negatively I, I think what rubbed me the wrong way is like a lot of the like criticism of of this like completely insubstantial announcement so like really all you're criticizing is your thoughts on destiny one yeah. Um, first of all, I did see a lot of people like, I can't believe they called Destiny 2. Ha ha ha. It's like, what the fuck else were they going to call it? Um, but like, I, I, I think there's, I think there's a really fucking shitty habit. And it's not just, I'm not saying that this is like all games press people or, or whatever. I think this sentiment goes branches like way out, way, way, way out to like anybody who plays and consumes games. Um, and I think there was probably a time in my life where I kind of fell prey to it too, but like, I think there's a lot of people who just like get psyched when a big game does bad. Like, I think there's a lot of people who like are psyched out of their minds when call of duty is bad just for the like schadenfreude of it. Like, mm -hmm. well, and it's also like, well, screw those people. Like I didn't spend my money. I was a smart guy and I'm going to talk about how smart I was for not spending my money. Like that's what it comes down to. I honestly, right. it. I think there's a, I think there's a lot of people who feel that way about mass effect Andromeda, but a lot of that is conflation with folks like identifying Bioware's games as having like, Sorry for this terminology, but like, well, no, pro progressive, progressive sort of views on on certain things. And that always rubs people the wrong way, which is well, awesome and cool. And so there's a lot of people who celebrate when a game like that does isn't isn't uh, especially great for uh, nefarious reasons. But I think there's also like a lot of people who are just like, oh, this big major triple A game is bad. Ha ha ha. Cool. I think the comparison I with Bioshock or not Bioshock, Mass Effect goes a little closer to Destiny also because... You have Mass Effect 3 being a huge disappointment for a number of people who I think now... It feels like justification. Like, see, I was right the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, It was see, a like, bad game. Sure. Yeah, and, and I, I think that is kind of similar to this thing that's happening with Destiny of, well, I was right. It was bad. It was good that I didn't play any more of it after that first year, and this is going to be terrible, too. Um, I, I do think, though, I think this is a... A, a pretty small group of people. I think it's like a really, really yeah. loud group of people on Twitter. Well, then a hundred, a hundred percent of them tweeted at, at me. <laughs> there's a ton of people who think like um, you had to pay, uh, you know, 
200 bucks for destiny to get good and it's like well that's not really how it worked you paid fucking what 40 dollars for the taken king a year after the game came out and then you played that for a year and then you know eight months later or whatever the next expansion came out and you paid 40 bucks for that and it's like first of all that's how every expansion pack model has ever worked and yeah it's more expensive but like this is a this is a different game than like another any other shooter here Right, like I, I, I a, a yeah. lot of people I mean, are like, well, I'm just a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to play Destiny two. I'm too busy. I'm still going to be too busy playing Overwatch. And it's like that's fine. That's your tendencies, but do understand these are two fucking completely different games. I think that Destiny has suffered because there isn't this clear delineation of it is an MMO shooter. So there's people who like group it in with their inter favorite shooter here and the fact that destiny does this more mmo model shit they're like fuck that and so like this idea that oh you have to keep paying money for this game to keep playing it no way it's like wow you must get angry anytime any mmo is announced fucking ever well like, and M those mmos are kind of like going by the wayside like there are not many yeah. subscription based mmos left so i don't think people have that frame of reference anymore there's Always. also i you could point to almost no video games that are triple a video games specifically where if you pay the full retail price for them at launch, they consistently get better over the course of several years. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, no yeah. game gets support. The, those expansion packs paid for the main vanilla game to get improved on, yeah. which doesn't ever happen. And like maybe it should have been better at launch, but they were also doing something pretty audacious. And it's not even like you miss because there's no wasn't a monthly fee so like right i, I don't know i, I, I but it, but a person's response to that is like well i shouldn't have to pay i already paid my 60 dollars. i already paid my 60 dollars, so it shouldn't yeah. have to one thing is like a lot of the upgrades to destiny that like the the um what's the word i'm looking for of uh, uh quality of life upgrades were free like those didn't come in the expansion packs now Gold, I, and I don't, space stuff like that i don't want to i don't want to like completely defend destiny because i think it did make some bad calls for instance there were some expansion packs that when they dropped um if you didn't own them like you didn't have access to the random playlist anymore which like a lot of people that was their like main way of playing it and like that sucks that's gross i'm not defending destiny and i'm also saying like if you played vanilla destiny and you're like i don't want to invest more time into this to, for it to get good or any more money that's fine too that wasn't what i was trying to say like all i was trying to say is there's so many fucking snide motherfuckers who are just like <laughs> destiny lol and it's like that was maybe my one of my favorite like some of my favorite times playing games in the past decade has been like playing with you chuckle fucks and like the the like doing the doing the raids and like i don't know i played that game so much and i enjoyed a lot of the time that i spent with it and there's a lot of people who i think just think like well that was that game was a disappointment for everybody who played it huh like no that game did some really interesting shit i think and i don't know i thought i thought more about destiny than any other game like over over a period of time like no game consistently like hooked and then rehooked me yeah uh like destiny did um it was great it's also the most fun i think i've ever had playing an online multiplayer game like i played a lot of wow and i and a lot of like everquest and like none of that none of that even comes close to stacking up to like the the stuff i did in destiny yeah um so i is it time yeah, yeah it's time yeah. time uh, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is a very good, enjoyable video game. Um, I'm somebody who I have sort of a weird history with Zelda where there have been a couple that I just have bailed on. Even after trying a couple of times, they just didn't hook like me. Like what? Um, 
I don't want to say because then it's like a whole thing. But Wind Waker, Skyward, Skyward Sword, I, I, Skyward Sword, I finished. Wind Waker, no, Skyward Sword, I didn't finish. Wind Waker, I didn't finish. Um, I Twilight, I bail, Twilight Princess. I used to disparage Majora's Mask a lot, uh, because I hadn't finished it, and but eventually I played it on 3DS, and that was like a great, great place to Fucking play it. Super good, super good game. But Breath of the Wild is it, the the problem with Zelda, which is both it's like. Well, no, I'm just going to I was going to say curse and it's boon, but it, it is just a curse. <laughs> the game is is all it's all been variations on a theme like I would say specifically since Link to the Past, I think is where you I think Ocarina see, of Time is a much more like, uh, yeah, Link to the Past mm, established like there's a Link to the, the Past is better. Actually, I like mine. Mm, I better. think, Major, I think of or Ocarina of Time is more mm. Link to the Past is much closer to what the hell is going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, like Link to the Past sets up the dungeon boss, get the weapon to beat the boss, eight basic things that you have to but do. But that was in the, the first game. That was in Legend of Zelda on NES. But it's it the I, I for me Link to the Past is like structurally be, like a better comparison. I, I don't I, it's, think my, it's one of my favorites. It's, I like it more than Ocarina. So I that's I don't what I'm disagree saying. with you. Yeah, that's I, that's I, I, I think <laughs> the no Link to the Past is the best mm, video game. Okay. Um. Anywho, it's all been meditations on that theme. And there sure. have been some, some, uh, like it's weird because it, it has been twisted up. Like it's been mixed up. Like, uh, Link could turn into a fucking wolf sometimes, I guess. Or that train uh, game on DS. Uh, don't bring up the DS games. <laughs> and it, and it has been mixed some of them up. Are okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like weirdly belligerently, like, has felt like it could not upset the basic structure of the thing right like somewhere down below that meat there's the basic skeleton that has been the same for decades to the the point like to a ridiculous level where it's like all right grass temple first then fire place and then water place and then right like it's it's some of that shit is so like incontrovertible it is and you're like when am i gonna get the hook shot already when am i gonna get the the, where's the bow and arrow right so for legend of zelda breath of the wild though um, so that's all out the window. <laughs> <laughs> you, it, it, it's a real actual open world game and it's an open world game that succeeds in the, in ways that other open world games have failed. Like, let me start there. It is my biggest pet peeve, uh, in open world games and pretty much everyone does it where you see a hill and they always tell you this, like, you see that hill? You could just climb up there if you want to. Like that's they the, said that the, in Destiny when leading up to Destiny's release, they <laughs> right. made like a huge deal about see, that. See down there that planet? You could jump off. Yeah, you'll die. I mean, you'll die instantly. And you'll, <laughs> you'll be killed. Yeah, you could jump you'll, be, down there. you'll be killed by the architects. Thanks. Nice try. Though. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but it. But the actual truth of the matter is, as you start running up the hill, at some point you're not. You can't go up anymore. So actually, you're going to slide back down the hill, and that wasn't that fun. Didn't everyone enjoy themselves? Um, <laughs> maybe if you go at the, just the right angle. And mess with the geometry. You'll, in The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, if you see something and, and it gets too steep, you just start climbing it. And you burn stamina to do this. But, like, you just start climbing it. And that's everything. Pretty much everything in the game that is a natural surface. There's some, you know, smooth, you know, uh, manufactured, I should say, surfaces that are not climbable. But pretty much everything in the world is. Like, you could just, they'll just let you climb it. And yeah. that's goes beyond. That's not just like, oh, that's sweet, Nintendo. You made a shot at you. You made sort of like your fun 
cute version of an open world game. Like, no, you actually made the most open ass open world game um, possible. It does the it, same thing with weapons and, and probably the biggest one of the, the things that has been the most interesting thing about Breath of the Wild is making my peace with things that don't feel immediately good or right to me. Um, so, for example, uh, weapons, when you get weapons in the game, every weapon you get is breakable and not breakable in the way that some games do it. We're like, maybe after a few hours, it'll break. No, a lot of the weapons in this game are pretty fragile to a yeah. almost comical degree. Yeah. I would say there's some very bad sword craft going on in Hyrule. Um, but you would think they'd be built to last, but like at first it felt really bad. Cause I wanted to get a new, th when I got the boomerang, the first time you get the boomerang, you're like, Oh, what's up? Zelda <laughs> is back. And then the first time you throw the boomerang and it falls behind <laughs> a mountain it lands and in a river and it's like, no, it's boomerang. no, my you actually boomerang. have to catch it, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, You have to press a oh, button to catch it out of the air, but also, Oh, like it feels so good when you actually catch it. Like when you actually time it out, right. And you catch it midair, like it feels awesome. And by it's only found those moments because it's willing to throw out all the 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 pre-existing structure that has been in these games for so long. And there's um, thematically there's things that are familiar. There's a lot of like character names that are that you're, you know, seeing again. And well, the whole world. Yeah, the whole world has like spots named after shit from the entire Zelda canon like yeah, right. stuff pulled from twilight princess and tingles wind waker island, yeah tingles yeah. island and mount lanayru and yeah. uh farron woods like um a lot of that was pulled from twilight princess like yeah it pulls from it pulls from everything My, uh, I, I felt the same way about weapons i i'm very i've talked about this on this podcast before like i'm very precious when like with my consumables in a game i'll reach the end of the game and have like a billion potions and strength upgrades and like do like because i am i don't want to spend that stuff i'm very afraid that i will be ill-equipped and so i worried about that but um you're always finding new shit and it makes you adapt and i also really uh you can upgrade how many weapon like slots you have and to me that was a good way of feeling like i was increasing like my my martial prowess like i didn't sweat it so much if i broke a spear when i knew i had like 15 other weapons in the in the reservoir um mm -hmm. yeah I, I just real quick about the climbing i know justin you mentioned the climbing earlier so we've seen climbing in a ton of games uh you know assassin's creed or uncharted They're, they've been in everything why the climbing here i find so much more interesting is because before i start climbing a cliff and i never used to do this in those other games i would take a second and i'd look up the cliff and be like all right, based on my stamina right now, I should be able to make it to that little outcropping and then I'll chill for a second, re regain stamina and like continue my ascent. So by the time you actually make it to the top of the mountain, it's like an actual accomplishment. Yes. It's not you just hit X a bunch of times and you made it. It like feels like you climb this mountain. There's a, ver a real verisimilitude to the uh, realization that like, Oh, I'm stuck in this canyon and it's raining right now, which makes climbing nigh impossible. So I guess I'm just going to see what is in this canyon because I can't get out right now. Um, and it is the one of the very few games that because of that, when I see something in the distance, 
there really is a part of me that's like, I wonder what's over there. I yeah. wonder what is. I wonder what that is. That's um, that's that's the story of this game, and it's every time like I tweet about this game, I get ten tweets from people who say the same thing, which is like, I go to this place, I see a tower in the distance, I'm like, I'm gonna go to that tower and get the fast travel point and see see where everything is on this map, and on my way to that tower. Or maybe I don't make it to that fucking tower because I get pulled away by like 30 things. I see a shrine there and I grab it and I see a weird thing that is definitely a Korok that I run over to. The Koroks are, by the way, some of the best fucking video game collectibles in the history of video <laughs> games all time, all time, all time. Um, there's and so, 900 of them. There's so many of them. There's 120 of the shrines and each of the shrines, well, most of the shrines are like really sick little puzzles that are just the perfect the pacing of this game is perfect and it's a lot of it is because it's you do it at your own pace the pace is what you make it um but none of these shrines like overstay their welcome they're all like little little brain teasers that use the mechanics of the game really 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 well um and the korok seeds a lot of them are sort of the same way um one thing that we haven't really talked about yet is how you can do like any way that you can imagine combining any two systems in this game um, will probably almost certainly work and you can use it to great or at least hilarious effect. Um, my favorite example of this is, did you see the video that Nick put up on Twitter of how he solved oh, yeah. this one? There was one temple where you have to get this electricity from um, these two batteries to these two nodes on opposite ends of this big gate. Um, and you do this by using your magnesis power to pick up these big metal crates to complete the circuit. And there was one like metal ball or whatever that he couldn't find. And so what he did is he dropped all of his metal equipment. He dropped all his metal swords and metal bows and metal shields and then used magnesis to line them up from one, um, like one of the powered nodes. And he used the, um, he used all his metal gear metal gear to form a bridge from that node to the unpowered node and it worked the electricity traveled through his swords and boomerangs and bows and shields to to complete the circuit yeah it's amazing i mean you know i've seen catapults there's like a crazy bunch of catapult videos um i'm constantly blown away that like a game like that was always the complaint about zelda for a very long time is like games like skyward sword or games like ocarina are like very boxed in in terms of what you can actually do shy of like if you're a speedrunner and you're beating the game in an hour and using hacks but like for if you're playing it normally like you know oh i can do this or oh i can't do that but it's a very it's a pretty narrow box in terms of what your options are and this game completely blows that out of the water to the point where you can think of things like their physical properties and if you just you need campfires to um you can use them to roast things not cook them you need a a cooking service for that but you can use them to roast things you can also use them to pass time by sitting at them and if you can't find one in the wild here's how you make one <laughs> you take some wood in your hands and some flint and you drop them on the ground and you hit the flint with one of your metal weapons and that creates a spark that sets the wood on fire and then it's a campfire are you kidding me? Yeah. Zelda? Are you like, kidding me? That's in the, the Zelda game? The best it, shit is that metal attracts uh, lightning. Um, oh so God. if you're out during a storm and you're wearing metal equipment, you have to take it off. And so it's like a weird, like, um, 
It's like a weird debuff where if you're if you're out in, the, in a storm, you have to only use wood gear, and you're gonna be like probably without a shield, and um, it, it sort of puts you at a disadvantage. Or you can take that metal longsword you have and hold it out like the fucking Highlander about to experience the quickening, and then right before the lightning strikes you, you fucking throw it at an enemy's feet and watch as they just get vaporized by light. <laughs> like, I can tell you a thousand things like this that just, like, work. It all just works, and it's astonishing. And sometimes you have to use it. Like, it's not just, like, goof around Easter egg shit. Like, sometimes you have to use stuff like that so like sometimes you have to cut down a tree and set the log on fire and roll it down a hill burning up like a big grassy field full of moblins who will otherwise tear you apart because that's another thing this game will kill the shit out of you yeah, starting very, out very hard early yeah, if you get sloppy even a little bit it will it will bust your ass even later on you know i think the game does a very good job populating the world as you get stronger and get more heart containers stuff like that the game populates the world with these like elite tier enemies that get populated within the low tier enemies. So even if you go to the starting area, there's like a silver goblin that chills with like the normal goblins and he has like a thousand health. And so it makes exploring the world still engaging, even if you're like totally overpowered. I, I want to mention one other Zelda game because I think <clears throat> there's a tendency when talking about this game to act like it just kind of came out of nowhere. And Zelda was as rigid as it was during the uh, GameCube and uh, Wii era. But I think there's a debt owed to A Link Between Worlds, which came out on 3DS, Sure. what, four years ago? Three or four years ago? Uh, I would say three. Two? Well, I think, it I was think... our last, it won Game of the Year on Besties, whatever year that was, and beat out Gone Home. So 2013. Mate, I think. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think, obviously, th this game goes much further in every which way possible, especially in terms of, like, allowing for creativity and play. But what I think that game did do was it broke away from the kind of traditional Zelda thing that had taken shape around modern Zelda games of, like, okay, it's an open-world game, but not really, and go here and do this and do it in this order, and everything needs to play out exactly the same way, and there's not really any sense of risk. Yeah. and and exploration and link between worlds the whole idea was you got dropped into this big open world it was closer to the original zelda a little bit like the snes one too but there was also not just that exploration to be able, able to go and take on the dungeons in whatever order you wanted but you had to buy weapons at that shop and unless you had gobs of money you had to rent them and it essentially had breakable items because if you died, you lost your weapon. Yeah. And I, I think they've, I, I don't, again, it's not like one for one, but I think a lot of the kind of QAing of this game of seeing, okay, are, are, are our fans going to be okay with the idea that your weapons are not permanent? Are they going to mm -hmm. be okay with an open world game where you're not directed and it's not all about the story? And that game obviously got, Tons of great reviews. I mean, it got the most important award of the year. <laughs> sure. uh, yeah. I, well, I, what I'm saying is, I think this is how it happened. I think they were they were making a different Breath of the Wild. They wow. saw our we gave yeah, the best a, a link between worlds the best award. <laughs> they said, "Stop, stop, stop! We're going the wrong direction. This this is the way of the future." They listened to what we had to say from that, 
They took notes. They took some notes. They expanded on the ideas. They created artificial versions of us to debate games for all of the time that we had off, knowing we would come back together for this episode. And that's why they're releasing Nintendo Boys next year for the 3DS, and it's just four boys. You get to pick one of us, and you take care of. Um, how just how wild is it though that like. In their first real major departure, I, I agree with what you said about Link Between Worlds, but like they, they took that lesson and like magnified it a thousand percent here. Like their first huge, huge departure from their formula was this open world game. And it, during this departure, they made, in my opinion, maybe the best open world game ever made. Like they didn't just like walk away from this formula they've been using for two decades or whatever. They made the best game in this yeah. like. I think, I think it's genre. the best. I think it's the best Zelda game. I think it's better than Link to the Past, which is was previously my favorite Zelda game. I think it's the best Zelda game. And I, what? I, I I just sorry. I just want to say this: the Wii U will go down as the console that had the best Nintendo games developed for it. That's what? Crazy. No, wait, 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 wait. wait let me in, 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 in the amount of time it was around. It no. created it created the best new franchise. Right? Of Splatoon. That was like the first good. You, uh, you know I have to go in like franchise. five minutes and you start this stinkeroo okay. no, 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 of an no, no. argument. I'll make, I'll make right it really before. quick. They made Super Mario Maker, which is a very good deconstruction of, of very the two good games. Game. They made Super Mario 3D World. They made very Super good. Smash Brothers, which I think is the best Smash Brothers in a long, long time. But basically an upgrade from the last Listen, one. So I they wouldn't... made Mario Kart 8, which was without it's question good. the best very Mario good. Kart since what? Mario 64? Kart 64, yeah. The, and they made the new Zelda. Well, the new no. Zelda was made for the Wii U. Like it came out on the Switch, it, and that's like great, and it's very important. It was the game made was for straight the Wii U. up made and it's the, for the, the Wii, Wii U. Is the reason it's a launch Switch game because there's sure. no way this would have been a launch game. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, we didn't we didn't even talk about the portability. Like I finished Zelda on a flight to like a four hour flight to Portland, and like that's pretty buck wild. Like this this uh, it's the best like. I guess the best portable game I've I've ever played. I, it's gonna be so hard to talk about Switch shit because like if this game had come out on 3DS or like obviously it wouldn't do this, but like on Vita, it'd be like wow, I can't believe the scope and scale of this portable game. But like it is a portable yeah. game, and I it's, bring it on the subway like 100. percent And it's, and it's oh, this the core, the wild thing about it is that, and this is where I would push wild back thing. against the it was developed with Wii U in mind is that the pacing is very friendly to mobile gaming. Yeah. Like it's very friendly shrines. You can bust out in five minutes, um, dungeons that are a lot more, um, what's the word I'm looking I mean, for? They're, they're chunkable. Like they're, they're much more like a dungeon will take you a half hour at most. Whereas before and they can break down into components, like yeah. in, in a way that like, the more labyrinthine dungeons in the past. Uh, I don't think not. that's a portable thing as much as Nintendo realizes that like Griffin, the world does not have time to like sink three hours into a game at all. Times. Right, right, right. They got time for but... Captain Toad treasure tracker. Another Wii U hit. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. So I think our game this week is going to be snipper clips. It's just so cute. <laughs> this, week. Uh, this month. And I think it's Zelda. <sighs> Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's definitely Zelda and I, I'm, I, I think it's so much better than Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, yeah. I think it's the, way, way, way win, better. Was yeah, that, that was, that's raining? our current, that's our current reigning champion. It dethroned 
RE7, which I disagreed with, and I just I. I think this game is so much better than, than Horizon Zero Dawn because I think it does a lot of the stuff like a lot of my complaints with Horizon Zero Dawn is just like I didn't feel pulled along by the game like I uh, there, I didn't feel much um, I didn't feel like I was getting much more powerful as I like got the upgrades and I didn't really like care about like oh I need to get all the, the blue components so that I can get the purple bow and then I'll spend all my money on that and then get a better purple bow at the next event yeah. as, as opposed to like if I get, um, uh, I, I need bomb arrows so I can like solve this one puzzle or like, um, I need this tunic that can help me survive in the desert so that I can go to this whole other, other area. Like I, I always I, felt like I was yeah. getting more powerful as I played breath of the wild. And I felt like each upgrade was like a little key to a door. And behind that door was like more fucking cool stuff to, it's, to explore. It's so wild. I don't want to take too much more time, but to dwell on this, but it is wild that this is a month where a new Zelda and a new mass effect were released. And the fact that the new mass effect was such a footnote, like that's heartbreaking. I, yeah. I love that franchise. Like what a, what a God, that stinks. It just stinks. It I'm just stinks. greedy. But we had a stinks. new franchise also launch. It was great. Snipper clips. Well, Snipper no, clips. I, I, I think horizons Zero. I agree. I think this is like better is a silly word to use. Even though that's but, the whole point of our show, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I would say it should be our bestie. I think they are, they, they look very similar and they have similar stories in their open worlds. But I think otherwise, Horizon and Zelda are just completely different ideas of how to make this type of game. Sure, yeah, no. So I, I, I think like it's, it's really hard for me to compare them because I instinctually want to because they have so much in common visually and about their weird like nature's reclaimed earth after technology yeah. was king worlds but yeah i ultimately i, mean, the, the I will combat is better in horizon zero dawn and the story is better in horizon zero dawn graphics i think are about a wash if we want to get like down well, deep no no the... come on what are we gonna do talk about the fucking fun factor no <laughs> i'm just no i'm just making the case that it's not quite the trouncing i would say that i don't the... think it's a trouncing but i think zelda is like game of the decade like best game of all time like it might be my favorite game ever like there were maybe 30 times while playing it where i did something completely like random with like throwing a flaming boomerang at a cuckoo which like knocked off this chain of reaction that like killed another thing or i was like this might be my favorite game ever made it's spectacular um yeah yeah. uh next month though Oh, Persona 5 is going to come huh? out and it's going to be yeah J- Russ is going to have to read which he hates I hate reading um, anything else next month that we're excited about the there's list. no way for it there to be actually... time you're going to be playing all 5 million hours of Persona we won't know that all the I games I really happen. am dreading I don't have that space in my life anymore have you all been doing much of the um, Vita like play yeah, does that work it's all, well? I, it's all I do is remote play yeah it works great um, ukulele comes out next ukulele's month. next month too uh, yeah, uh, and snake pass is at the very end of this month but we'll go up. hey all right bullet storm full clip um mary yeah. heart deluxe comes out next like month. the original bullet storm no the original bullet storm, bullet bullet storm was good it was yeah. a good game um i need to go get my eyes checked out before they won't let me in the front door because okay. yeah. of how late i am check up for my eye appointment and i know you guys care about my good vision and so um be a maybe we boy. should wrap up yes uh that's gonna do it 
for us this month. I hope you like the show. And uh, do we say our names? I can never remember this part. Boy, howdy. Well, we don't go a year between recording these anymore, right? <laughs> I'm just it's asking monthly. for a yes or a no, not a lot of commentary. Just um, do we say our names? Generally no, but Most I don't want to paint no. you in a box. Okay, so my name is Justin McElroy, and these other people are don't get to say their names. And for all them <laughs> and me... <laughs> Be sure to join us again next month for the besties because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties!